Welcome to episode 73 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. And we got a lot to get to tonight. A lot of great stuff happening in AEW this past week. We did see that blockbuster match that was CM Punk versus MJF in Chicago. What a thriller it was. We got a lot to get to, and we're going to break down that match for you. But also, there was kind of a train wreck in the beginning of the show, or maybe middle. We're going to talk about uh, Brandy Rhodes uh, versus Dan Lambert. What a matchup that will be. So we're going to talk a little (laughs) bit about that (laughs) soon. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Plus, we got a big announcement. Another big star signing will be revealed this Wednesday. There's a lot of talk going around the internet right now about who's it going to be. We're going to catch up with the boys. But before we get into all that stuff, let's introduce them. Over in Glendale, somebody who keeps it regal, my guy, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grabby? You'll be serving hard times. <laughs> you know the big boss man will make you walk the line. You better watch out, boy, or you'll be serving hard time. And stretched. <laughs> oh, no. You're yeah. the big show. Your daddy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever see that big boss man promo in the late 90s where... Big bo- or I think the Big Show's dad passes away, and oh yeah, Boss Man reads <laughs> so an obituary on there. It's so, it's so bad. It's one of the wor- best worst pieces of television. Yeah, they went to the cemetery, and like the Big Show hops on the casket. It's like being dragged <laughs> away by a hearse. It's so bad. There was that could, that <laughs> could have been like where it all changed. It all went downhill from there. <laughs> it's just so desperate. <laughs> yeah, I mean the casket fell downhill, but yeah, I think the quality of programming went up from there. But hey, that's all subjective. All right, well, good to see you, Steve. I love that big boss man intro. Thank you so much for that. But down in Bayview, you already heard him. The guy who keeps it freshly squeezed, Mr. Matt Michelson. What up, Matt? <laughs> Sorry, I, I keep thinking about this segment that our listeners are going to love later in the show, but um. For now, oh, it looks like The Rock jerked Helmsley off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just a little preview of things to come. No pun intended. Come? He could stretch him. Oh, he could stretch his ass. Speaking <laughs> yeah, of which, like um, I, one thing I just want to ask you guys about. Are you coming uh, for him? Coming for him hard, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for you, Matt. I'm coming hard. This is so everybody who's We're listening at work, you might want to put your headphones on or close your office door. It could yeah, be one of those shows tonight. If here. you don't already have them on, um, not safe of, for work. Speak, speaking of all those things, Charlie and I just touched on. I don't know if you guys saw. I think it was last week on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Shane McMahon gets beat down in the locker room by Kevin Owens and I believe Sami Zayn, and his selling of the beatdown is one of the most hilarious things I've ever heard on Monday Night Raw. Who's this? Shane McMahon. For those of our listeners who listen to the What Culture podcast, they have a soundbite of it that they keep playing. And seriously, I was laughing, crying laughing for about 15 minutes straight after I heard it. So 
if you haven't watched Monday Night Raw lately, this is one piece you definitely want to go back and check out. I think it's from last Monday, um, right before Shane got fired, which funny enough, it's we'll a, get into tonight. Yeah, it's as, it's as if Shane was selling for his life. <laughs> he was selling something. For his job, for his, in, for his inheritance. Inheritance, yeah. All right. Well, we got. We'll we'll get to that too. But we got one more guy to get to before we start getting down to business. The guy who's always taking care of business. Oh my God, Charlie Michael. What up, bro? Keep the cape, babe. You're next. <laughs> I hope Holdberg. not. Goldberg. I think we can take him actually. Yeah, I heard that part of his promo today. I'm like, oh my god, he's just in that, you know, just that old, yeah. rough voice talk. It's like, God, nineteen or 1995 call wrestlers call. They want their their gimmicks back. <laughs> oh, he's literally the guy that'll be in the bar till you know, ride out as much fa- fame and fortune that he can get from people that still give a shit about him. You know, he'll he'll do it. I mean, he doesn't oh, care. He's getting a nice payday. Oh, yeah. He depends on it, for sure. And he wears the pens. Before he gets into his depends. Yeah. I stole that. Sorry. No worries. That just means we're on the same page. Synergy, bro. Do you think his depends say Goldberg on the ass? (laughs) No, they actually have the tattoo of uh, (laughs) on the back trunks that's on his shoulder. That and like when it turns a different color, that's when they know when to change it or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Somebody digs them out of the trash. Those aren't mine. Then why do they say Goldberg on them? <laughs> wow, we're off the rails already. Yeah, we'll get it back on the rails real quick here. Steve, you mentioned people that were on the same page uh, for a long time. There, CM Punk and MJF were not on the same page. They were not seeing eye to eye. They've been going back and forth for what seems like months and it finally came to fruition this last wednesday in chicago cm punk's hometown mjf versus cm punk we weren't sure if we were going to see it we thought mjf was going to weasel weasel out of it in some way but no they went head to head and this was a classic uh it was the main event and i think it went on with like an hour did it not or maybe 40, even more right? 45 minutes for sure because it was around 9 9 15 and i was like no way they're going to the main event already it's awesome or 8 15 so, depending oh, this, on your time zone so if they close the show this would have been um cm punk's longest match that he's wrestled pretty much with aew and um you know we're all here for it this has been a great battle on the mics two of the best in the business started off strong um and honestly it kind of made a little fun of wwe of that last match that started off strong uh at the royal rumble roman reigns roman reigns versus seth rollins uh the the first part of the match uh basically had um cm punk get you know tapped out choked out disqualified or um what what do you want to call it the tko uh, i guess went to sleep yeah. Yeah. Got TKO by MJF. Winner goes to MJF, but evidently there was some tape that he used to choke CM Punk, and that didn't fly with the ref. He was on it. He saw the tape and resumed the match. The crowd's the crowd goes bananas. And honestly, the crowd was banana shocked <laughs> when uh when CM Punk 
did lose and the bell was rung and they said MJF won the match before they discovered the the foreign object used to win. Uh, that was awesome. This was just fun. This was just some fun stuff that they pulled out. What did you guys think of this uh, this tactic? I, I thought it was amazing. My favorite part of it all was, I think, leading up to that, we the four of us had been texting amongst each other. And the moment that the ref called for the bell and we saw MJF start to declare victory, this was after the first finish of the match, right before the match gets restarted, which we'll touch on here in a second. But you see MJF celebrating in the ring. I was kind of in disbelief and I had to think there was something else coming just because, you know, Steve, kind of like you mentioned, the match started about 8.15 here in Milwaukee and maybe 10 minutes into the match is when we see MJF, you know, get the TKO on CM Punk. And I was just completely in disbelief at that point. And my favorite thing was the four of us have been texting. We get a text from Charlie that just says, you got worked, bro. And it just <laughs> made me laugh so hard. And that, I think that's going to be the theme of tonight's podcast. We're, we're going to be laughing quite a bit on this show. But I thought the tactic was really well used because, um, as you saw next, the match does get restarted. The ref sees that MJF is actually using tape, which is illegal to choke out CM Punk. So the match does get restarted. Um, thought it was a really clever use. I think the last time we saw a dusty finish was actually, funny enough, in another MJF match between MJF and Chris Jericho at All Out, um, where we see MJF win, but then the match gets restarted and Jericho goes over. Um for those of you who haven't seen the match, spoiler alert, I'm probably going to give away the finish here in a second, but MJF goes on, match goes on. MJF still ultimately ends up winning this match, but not after a few more twists, which we'll talk about. Before we go further, can can you explain what the dusty finish is for um, fans out there that might not know what you're referring to, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. For those of our listeners, um, so the dusty finish, if you're not familiar with that term, Basically, you have the match end through some sort of shenanigans, and in one way or another, either the referee or the general manager, some person in a position of authority is able to restart the match. Um, so it trips the crowd up into thinking, oh no, the match is over, this yeah. isn't how I wanted it to end, but yeah, then usually, you get a swerve. Usually the face loses by the heel cheating, mm-hmm. and then the ref sees it. Okay. Right. Yep. So it doesn't have to do anything with like Dusty Roads, like a Dusty well, finish. Yeah. Or... He was the Booker. He was the Booker in WCW, and they used, you know, that was like one of his go-to's. I thought it was Dusty, like you know, like it's not clear. Like, say a book oh. is really dusty on the top, <laughs> and like you can't see what it is clearly. And I thought that's like you know, it just wasn't straightforward. So, yeah, I'm glad we got that sorted out because I was. I was a little confused, but just in case the listeners out there too, glad we're all on the same page. That'll be the theme the of the night. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome, Matt. Thanks for clearing that up. And Charlie, Steve, what'd you think about this one? Yeah, I love this match. And again, I just think about like, you know, one of the criticisms of people that are critical of AEW is, oh, it's all flips and, you know, nonsense. And like, and yet two of the most prominent matches we've had in the last month, month and a half are not flip and crazy matches they're just good old school like you know the the brian danielson um hangman matches and then now this one where neither guy in that match is like the type that does crazy shit like you know flips off top or whatever it was just good psychology those guys sold injuries like a million bucks and i love 
mm-hmm. when guys are so good at selling that I get fooled for a bit. Like CM Punk went diving out of the ring at one point and then landed on his knees and then was like, you know, wincing and kind of grabbing his knee. And he called over the referee and was whispering to him. And I'm like, I love that split moment when you're like, shit, maybe he did get injured. And then he sold it the rest of the match. And you never enough. Right. And it's just, I mean, that's, I don't want to be one of these. Yeah. Yep. And I don't want to be one of those guys that like over, like, you know, kind of over brings up the old principles of wrestling, like bully Ray or whoever, but selling, you can see when it, when it's used well, how it lends to the story, like you said, because um, those guys both developed injuries throughout the match that played a critical part through the rest of the match. And it was just, they were consistent. They remembered to constantly sell it. It's not like all of a sudden, you know, they get some body part devastated and then they're fine for like, you know, you know, the rest of the match. And that type of storytelling is the reason we are all sitting here talking about wrestling, why we're all Mm -hmm. such fans, because it was used in such a great way back in the old days and the way the old timers would use it. That was it. And I mean, that's what hooked us in. And we're like, what is is it like? What's going on before we like figured it out? Um, I mean, I certainly was susceptible to it. And that's what really captured me and why I'm such a big fan today. And yeah, you're right, Steve. It's been kind of lost. But yeah, seeing that back in that CM Punk MJF match, it was it was awesome. It was slow, methodical, it, great storytelling, as you mentioned there too, Charlie. Yeah, and I like how like AEW is kind of diversifying a little bit because it's like if you were trying to win somebody back to pro wrestling, you could be like, okay, you like flips and crazy stuff? Watch that Lucha Brothers um uh, Young Bucks match from the pay-per-view we all attended. You know, that's like mm-hmm. one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Uh, but if you're not into that, okay, then watch uh, CM Punk MJF. If you're just an old school dude that loves storytelling um, or mm-hmm. watch Brian Danielson uh, Hangman. So they're, they're kind of mixing it up a little bit. And I think that's the value of this as they're rounding out the roster little by little with like a diversified group of people. Like there's something for everybody. Yeah, totally. Um, one other thing I did want to add about this match, uh, Mike, to your point, the selling in this match was incredible. And, you know, I think we've seen, and I'm not going to rip on WWE too much here, but I think one of the shortcomings with that promotion in particular is we see a lot of matches where people will start to sell an injury, but it lasts maybe 10 to 15 seconds. And then the commentators will put it over as or it's after the match after Exactly. Or it's like after they get pinned, they like hold the back of the Then all of a sudden they're like remembering they had an injury. Yep. Right. Whereas in this match between CM Punk and MJF, Punk sold these injuries consistently throughout the entire match to the point where Steve, like you said, you could believe it and it lended weight to the match and kind of drove, you know, like Charlie said, the story behind it. it. Very simple things, right? Like nothing, no flips, no nothing like that. Just basic concepts that you hear people talk about in the business that really work well when they're done correctly. And this was the perfect example of that. And the perfect place to do it too, in Chicago, where those fans who love CM Punk to the death and they're like, Oh, is he hurt? Is he going to pull this out? Like it, it had the, it had the crowd really, really riled up. Charlie, I know you love seeing the crowd all riled up and that we were getting worked a little bit. What did you think of this match? Did you like the ending? Were you glad CM Punk lost or what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, no, I I got worked. I thought um <clears throat> Punk was gonna win it after the um after the failed um after after restarted the match because that's usually the face usually always wins. But you know, I, I listened to that Billy mm-hmm. Barty guy, and he, I guess he kind of predicted it that and that Punk wanted it. Punk wanted to w- lose in Chicago to an up and coming hill, so this was mm-hmm. all Punk's doing. So 
and it was smart to do. It's awesome. Oh yeah, it was so, absolutely smart yeah, to totally. do. Yeah, that's yeah, so I so, call. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's so he knows he knows so much that it was just a great, great move on his part because it would have left. If, if Punk won, then what do you do with MJF? So it was, right. it was super. It's it's smart, good storytelling, and it it just sir it raises um, MJF up, and it just gets things going. You know, so it was perfect. What's so great about the story? It was that it was constantly Punk being kind of the upper hand because he's the legend, and then he was chasing MJF, and MJF was avoiding him, and now MJF's got the win over him. So how Punk comes back from here is going to be great because now he's going to be pissed and like he's going to be the one that's a little desperate now because he wants to get his win back. And I guess the other thing for us to talk about too is like the constant will, you know, when's Wardlow going to turn? And uh, again, they mm-hmm. tease that, but then Wardlow actually gave him the ring to use to, you know, for the finish. So, I mean, I still think the fi- the turn's coming. I think this was just a little red herring along the way, but man, it's like, I think we said it the other week. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of the prediction business with AEW because I've been wrong with all these things. So I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride. Yeah. I was thinking too that, um, that he would punk would get the win at the pay per view, but I think it's just, I think it might just die now till another till another day. It might, you know, that's what Punk wanted. So, so we'll see what happens. They could have yeah. MJF now use that leverage to go for the title. I think Adam Cole's going for it. That's true. So yeah, yeah, Adam Cole had that hell of a promo about like where he's going yeah. to be the champion. So we'll um, see. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah but they got options. Way. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's gonna be if they do that. That's gonna be a hell of hell of a match at the pay per view because that's one of those where they have Luke Cole go for the title and lose. Mm. You know, it's, he's so over, man. I mean, he's well. That's what's beautiful about it is so, that it's like you don't know. You don't, don't know because know. even though they seem yeah. invested in Hangman, they could totally have Adam Cole beat him and yep. just end that, that story. Because that crowd goes nuts for Adam Cole, man. Mm-hmm. That that boom and then the Adam Cole yep. baby is still the loudest damn thing every week. Yep, every week, dude. The crowd just goes nuts, dude, for him. And I would go nuts. I think he'd be a better champion. Because, you know, we've seen him do title reigns already in Ring of Honor, NXT, and they're all they're all good. Do we need a millennial cowboy as our champion? Yeah. <laughs> With the, he's getting a little more personality, but he's a little vanilla in my in my book. You it's know. the I'm gonna I'm gonna do the segue for uh, Mike this time, but it's like it's it's funny. It's such a weird world we live in where Dan Lambert's supposed to be like this heel, but yet he says things that aren't wrong. Like when he's kind of making fun of like Hangman Page, you're like, yeah, he's kind of right about that. <laughs> Speaking of Dan Lambert, I think that was a good little wrap up of what's happening with CM Punk and the MJF match and where they're gonna go. So yeah, let's move along. Uh, before the big main event, there there was, I mean, Brandy thought she was the main event. And it was huh. pretty stupid, too. She kind of caught us by surprise. Uh, she the, the show comes out of commercial, and all of a sudden we see Brandy in the ring. Great. Who thought putting Brandy on an AEW Dynamite where it's CM Punk versus MJF putting Brandy on TV was a good idea. I think this is probably one of AEW's worst decisions that they've made. Um, If it was trying to get her over with the crowd, which wasn't, but they did try to, it was evident that they tried to because they put it, put her up against a guy who is pretty much despised and despicable, very unlikable, 
pretty much a really easy foe for Brandy to be matched up with if she did have any game, if she did have any finesse with the mic and trying to get over on somebody. Dan Lambert's not a bad person to go up against. And the dude threw out all these cards about being a conservative, womanizer, piece of shit, you know, stuff that would definitely get the crowd riled up. But Brandy just received a shut the fuck up chant twice. <laughs> Repeated twice, yeah. And it, she should have really rattled her. Yeah, wrong yeah, city really... for her to come out in, dude. Wrong city. Yep, yes. exactly. Yeah, we we say it all the time that New York and Chicago are probably the craziest fans to go out. This might have worked in maybe Florida, Texas. I don't know. Maybe her home yeah. state. But uh, <laughs> to go into Georgia. Chicago, hot crowd where all they want to see is the CM Punk MJF. Uh, story come to an end and you throw Brandy on there, colossal mistake, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I've said enough. I'll let you boys uh, chime in here on uh, what you thought about this segment. This, in my opinion, was the worst segment of AEW Dynamite in history. Like, I I, and, and there's yeah, a lot, they, there, yeah. there's quite a bit of crap out there. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a great show, but they've they've had a few bad segments. But I mean, my God, this was just painful to watch in every way. Um, you know, Mike, like you said, she comes out, gets the shut the fuck up chant. Um, we've seen Dan Lambert <laughs> get that chant in the past. Like he's the guy who basically owns that chant. He should be getting it. Yeah, should be. Exactly. But in this case, he wasn't. And unfortunately, he also be, happened to be the guy on the receiving end from Brandy. And this was really just a race to the bottom in terms of insults and just... <laughs> everything about it the crowd was not into it the shut the fuck up chants were really not you know directed at them as heels it was directed at them as people because you know we've talked about this amongst ourselves um you know via our group text and whatnot brandy she's a fantastic businesswoman don't get me wrong i i love what she has done in terms of like the brand of AEW and all that kind of stuff love her as a face and just kind of a figurehead of the company right i don't like how she's trying to portray herself as this heel character. And I don't think the fans are behind it 100% because the fact of the matter is everybody can see right through it. And I think a big piece of that is because Cody is doing the same thing where, you know, he's sort of playing this ambiguous figure where he blurs the lines between heel and face. And we've kind of seen where that's gone, what's worked, what hasn't, and how when he clearly tends to lean more in a heel direction, the crowd is all in on it. All the storylines start to make sense immediately. With Brandy, it almost feels like she's doing it almost like, a oh, I want to be in on this too. <laughs> and it just seems desperate and not well thought out whatsoever um you know almost like she just wants to be on television in a way and is abusing her position of power to do that now granted some of that might be self-awareness some of it might not be we know how the roads tend to play with these kinds of things but honestly every bit of this just screams desperation and i'm really having a hard time finding the self-aware piece of it May I jump in here real quick to piggy off uh, what Matt said uh, real quick, boys, before we let you guys go, Steve and Charlie? Go for Is that it. cool? I mean, I what Matt said was perfect, that the crowd sees right through it, and it's like, yeah, she's tugging on Mommy's skirt that she wants to be a part of the action as well. And I think she just re revealed way too much about herself on this Roads to the Top show. It really made her out to be kind of an ugly person. I mean... I know that she used to be in the figure skating world, okay? 
And on this Roads to the Top, she said, me and my mom, we never really got along. So I take that bit of information about the figure skating world with the relationship with their mom. Figure skating is not cheap. Ice time is expensive. Uniforms are expensive. Everything. And if she didn't have a good relationship with her mom, to me that she comes kind of off as a, a spoiled brat. She's done too much damage to herself already. And the fact that she's is very public about, like, I'm going to be the champion someday. I'm going to put the work in. I, I've been in wrestling for 10 years. 10 years is not that long. And... Um, you know, like she says she's going for the title. The more that she wants it, the more the crowd is going to repulse, repel it. Like Roman Reigns being shoved down her throats with WWE. I just think I it, it can't happen. If it does happen, they have to be really, really, really creative because they will lose a lot of fans and a lot of respect in a fan base that is finally feeling that they're getting what they want being wrestling fans because they've been fed so much bullshit for the past 20 years with the wwe they look to AEW to finally get their their satisfaction and their fills of their appetite for what is just in the wrestling world and brandy just does not fit that sorry i'll let you guys go now no i totally agree go, go ahead charlie then I'll go. yeah no they, i mean i tony's smart enough to to know that it isn't working hopefully that he isn't working he he knows good wrestling he grew up watching ECWs, you know, those those type of shows and knows when the crowd's into something, whether I'm in something, and he knows he can't force that on that crowd. It's not going to work, dude. It's, it's They need to back back out of it somehow or just act like it never happened. It's not going to work, you know? Right. I, <laughs> I, 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 know, I know that crowd. I know that Ring of Honor, um, AEW, New Japan crowd, American New Japan crowd, Japan, New, New Japan crowd, you can tell them whatever to do, they'll do it because they're respectful, but it's not going to work. No, and we saw it. And honestly, it hasn't worked before with Brandy. I think I mentioned to you no. guys, like when when Dynamite started, she tried this heel faction, and I don't remember the players anymore, yeah. but she tried to pull these like crazy people. I think Luther might have even been involved, but she tried to get like this group going, and then like two, three weeks, they abandoned it because the crowd was just bored to shit. Um, yep. Yeah, I I don't I try to like I have so many negative feelings about Brandy. I'll try to summarize it, but my problem with her, and again, I agree with Matt. Like off screen, I respect her that she's a, you know as intelligent businesswoman, all of that. So when I speak negatively of her, it's her on screen persona, and it has never worked for me. I mean, she when AEW started, their women's division was kind of maligned as like, yeah, there's not a whole lot going there. And she was at the bottom of that talent list when it started, and they've done mm -hmm. nothing but add talent. She is, to me, like, talent-wise, like Ava Marie. And you remember Ava Marie, never, the crowd never accepted her. They, they, they like, Then they brought her back to NXT, back when NXT was still good, and the fans just rejected it. It's like, get, the, get her the hell out of our ring. Like, come on, she doesn't belong here. And I think it's the same thing. It's like she's, she's at the bottom tier of the wrestling talent she's not a good promo i think what she's trying to do what i always get the vibe i get from her is that she's got this chip on her shoulder because she's had it tough and i'm i don't i don't doubt that she has but she tries to be all cool and like drop the word bitch and drop this and that and try to be all edgy but it just seems so canned and manufactured cody is a master like we can all debate if he is 
you know, a heel face, all that. But he is one of the best promos in wrestling when he's really on. And he's one of the better wrestlers in wrestling. So he's got talent to back it up. She's neither a good wrestler nor a good promo. But yeah, I, I mean, what you said, I think she's trying to glom on to this, like, oh, I can do the, the heelish role too, but she sucks at it. And it's like, Dan, right. and I just, I think that scene, the, that whole failed thing last week was so transparent. They brought out Dan Lambert. And he did his shtick, which usually gets booed. He even upped it by doing all the Republican shit. And mm-hmm. they still cheered her over him over her, not because they're stupid fans or they're rednecks or they're Republicans, but because he actually has some talent and she does not. And it's just, I mean, and if they actually think for one damn second they can sell that Paige Van Zant wouldn't destroy her in like five yeah, they seconds, can't. they cannot yeah, do that match because a if Brandy lasts more than yeah. ten seconds, it's the slap in the face of anybody that believes in wrestling. Yeah. And b if yeah. she actually like won, it'd just be like you might as well throw shit in the ring like the NWO era because it's I don't know. I'm going on yeah. a rant now, but yeah. I think Brandy yeah, I just Brandy yeah. just needs to get the hell off the camera. Yeah, to stay behind the scenes. I forgot about the Paige Van Zandt part. Yeah, there's... There's no way that match is going to work unless Brandy's, Paige Van Zandt kicks even, the shit out of her. She wasn't even a wrestler in WWE. No, I think she, she was, was an a, announcer. Announcer, yeah. So it wasn't like she was used in the ring because she wasn't that good. She was used because she was good looking and to be a ring announcer. And Paige Van Zandt... Is legit. Is legit. She's doing bare-knuckle fighting right now, dude. And, and that's going to be one of those, like, yeah, Goldberg... Brock Lesnar, whatever WrestleMania that was, when everybody knew they were both leaving and the crowd shit over it, shit over every second of it. If they have Brandy and Paige Van Zandt in a match at a pay-per-view or on a show and it goes more than five seconds, the crowd's going to just lose the shit out of it. Yeah, she should get, yeah, she should, you talk about a squash, that should be a squash. It should be, if it's a squash, then I'm behind it, but I don't think it will be. Yeah, if they're smart. If they're smart, she'll get your ass kicked and then like so injured she can't show yeah. up on tv anymore <laughs> it'll be just no like way. that match just like that match between the big show and qt marshall that we saw <laughs> yeah, exactly like, it's not like the rest of the card but if it's a squash awesome right did you have anything else yet matt i, I know you wanted to jump in there one more time or no no i mean i guess the only thing i'll say just to wrap up this topic in particular um you know, kind of like I said before, Brandy is a great figurehead for the company. You know, I think we've kind of established the fact that I don't think wrestling is quite her thing. Um, and I think what would really be great for AEW and, you know, I it's again, it's hard to tell how much of this is them trying to work everybody and how much of it is truly Brandy wanting to be a wrestler and <laughs> right. you know, do this. I think, she, I think she thinks she was going to be over. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think so, too. That and, clueless, dude. Yeah, and and I think that being said, I I gotta tell Brandy like don't don't be ashamed if like you can't wrestle well like yeah, that's o- yeah, that's okay yeah. like you've yeah, got you've so got many spot. great things going yeah. lean into what you're good at you like I personally I think when Brandy was Cody's valet I think she yep. was fantastic especially when he was a heel yep, and she just do heel. that yeah exactly just yeah do that. like you're yep. so good at that come up with new stories for that like that's what the fans want to see and that's what you're good at so give us yeah, just be his valet yep man valet manager you know kind of thing I yep, have this written perfect. down in my notes I have this written down for tonight I said the only person that can fix this and make Brandy relevant is Brandy and she needs to get over her ego 
and step back and just take the medicine of putting in the work, humble herself a little bit, and just don't don't try to make the fans fans don't like being made stupid. We're not WWE fans, right? Exactly. That's what she's trying to do. Exactly. That's why. And, that's why those fans watch that show because they don't want to be force fed guys. They mm-hmm. want to like what they like. They want to, people to get over like you get over like guys like Jungle Boy, um, Dan House, Orange Cassidy, you know, all of them. Yeah, yeah Orange Cassidy, guys. great example. Yeah. He was hired because guys. he's got a phenomenon behind him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The fans like him. I think that's why Hangman got the belt because yep. fans wanted Hangman. You know, I wouldn't have wanted Hangman, but more people than me want Hangman. So you go with the you go with that. The fans it's, were going nuts. About I think him. everything about Brandy is WWE. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. That's what she grew up on. You know, yeah. when she cut her teeth, got into the biz. Well, she's and Ava she's Marie, taking, and she's taking the Rhodes name and basically like I deserve this. Because she's a Rhodes, she married Cody Rhodes, and you know you they're all champs and legends. And she's it, it doesn't work like that. She is the exception. So like we all know that the EVPs or whatever they are of AEW are the Young Bucks or um, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Brandy. She's the only one that's like abusing that position. Kenny Omega True. deserves to be prominent the young bucks cody they deserve to be prominent she does not but so yeah that's like the one lone example of her lofting herself higher than she deserves to be and also look at hangman he was patient he was while everybody was getting their shit in and flying high he stood in the back and waited for his time out he's like i'll get it yeah is not doing that she no she's doing the opposite and look what hang look at what how it worked out for hangman though I mean, he was rewarded for his patience. It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder what the original plan was. Because if we all remember, Jade Cargill debuted. She got into a war of words with Brandy, and they were clearly setting up a match. And then Brandy got pregnant. So she had to go away. And then Red Velvet filled in and got squashed or whatever but it makes you wonder what was the plan if brandy hadn't gotten pregnant like you'd like to think she's still at a loss to jade cargill but like who knows with her that's true maybe maybe that's why uh she is going so hard maybe she's punishing cody because maybe (laughs) one got past the goalie they weren't planning for it (laughs) and they're like cody you motherfucker you don't know how to pull out. You don't know. How, you know, maybe she's just like, "Hey, as soon as I'm having this baby, we're back on track for me being the champ." Okay, and she's—that's why she's abusing the power. You know, uh, one thing I've been thinking about as we've been talking about this, um, Charlie, like you said, I totally forgot about the whole Paige Van Zant part after this yeah. battle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, if Paige Van Zant does squash Brandy, like we're hoping she does in this case, I think the best thing she could do, and what would really make sense for the storyline and keep fans happy, Paige Van Zant squashes her. Brandy comes out super humbled and says, you know what? I've been going about this all wrong. Like I'm going to like actually pay my dues, put my time in, and I'm just going to start at the bottom and you're going to see me like grind my way to the top. And she actually then goes about doing that. Like that would be awesome to see like props to her if she does that. I, you know, I, I really want to believe that. I mean, my WWE brand's telling me that's not going to happen. But I, <laughs> we'll see. She doesn't have enough years on her life right now in the wrestling 
for for the crowd to accept her. I get. I guarantee yeah. if she try if she tries to go about that way and then she swerves it and somehow steals the title, it's got to take a miracle for the crowd to accept, accept oh my her God. at this point. Yeah, the, the it'll, yeah, there's yeah. The one thing yeah. I'm trying, like I, the words that are about to come out of my mouth, I don't necessarily believe. But if I'm trying to find a positive, let's just say the plan all along was before she got pregnant that she was going to be the doormat for Jade Cargill, you know, to make a big impact. Maybe mm -hmm. that was her plan to like get her ass kicked by some up and comer and then go away. Maybe she's doing that instead now for Paige Van Zant, where she was going to be the doormat for uh, Jade Cargill. That didn't work out. Now she's going to be the doormat for Paige. I, maybe that's the only way they could salvage that, but then she'd have to go away. I don't know that any of that's going to happen, but that's the one way they could salvage this is just to have Paige destroy her to the point where she has to like retire. I'm watching, um, while we were talking, I, mean, I looked up some of, I tried to see maybe, maybe there's a matches that or something that we missed. I don't even know if Brandy Russell in NXT. I'm, I Googled her matches. You can't find anything. I'm looking back. I think she tried out, but then they moved her to ring announcer. Yeah, she's at Ring of Honor and Women of Honor. She's got a match on, and it's green. It's, it's horrible, dude. It's like maybe we missed. Maybe I'm like, oh, maybe I missed her good matches or something. And this is just horrible, dude. I'm watching it right now. That's she has no. She does not need to be in the ring. This was like from four years ago. Yeah, and she she's still as bad as she was then. And the only reason she got in then because I think they needed women, and her and um hey. Cody were were doing you know doing anything and everything back then. The only the only way for her to earn that belt is to make elevate uh AEW dark or elevation relevant on YouTube. If that's where she's stuck, and she actually got people to watch it and people to get a following behind her on something that isn't on TV maybe that would be a good strong foothold for her. She's actually wrestling on those shows. Yeah, but who's watching it? I, yeah, don't, I, don't, I don't know I how don't many know. people are. Right. Nobody's talking about it. So, But if if she can create a buzz, then she would earn it, is what I'm saying. So She's probably yeah, too far that, gone now, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't to know. what you said earlier, we'll there's not enough years. <laughs> But right, we'll see. Exactly. I, this can be AEW can course correct this, but they sure as hell better because right now it sure looks like somebody not deserving that's pushing that's stealing TV time. I think the happy ending would be they have a daughter, right? They gave yeah. birth to a daughter. Yeah. Why doesn't she just play the role of like you know the the shortcomings that happened in my career? I want to see for my daughter if she can make <laughs> her her daughter champ one day in AEW if that's the route she wants to go. That would make her look good. She kind of looks like she's like, eh, to give the baby to the nanny. I'm going after the title that nobody wants me to get. And she's <laughs> just holding on to false hope. It's kind of disgusting and depressing, actually. They better figure it out. I, yeah, hopefully. This, hopefully this, is, a, this, this is the test of Tony Khan and the company's, like, yep. clear thinking. And, I, I, you know, they haven't given me a lot of cause to doubt them. This will be the test. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got to show a lot of tough love. They definitely got to figure it out. And something that we need to figure out is who is going to be this next big signing that is going to be happening this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. There's a lot of people speculating that it may be Jeff Hardy, it may be Keith Lee, but it's a, it's a wrestler that's going to be in a ladder match against someone from Private Party, is it not? Isaiah? 
Cassidy, uh, yeah. Cassidy, yep. right? Yep. Okay. So yep. a lot of people were leaning towards Jeff Hardy. It would make sense. He's the king of ladder matches, basically. And his brother I runs mean, that free. faction. Exactly. <laughs> it would make so much sense. But a lot of people are saying he's definitely not. But also, a lot of people are saying they just signed Keith Lee. I just read this today. But Keith Lee actually just got married to Mia Yim this past Saturday, and he might be on his honeymoon right now is what's flying around the internet, too. Uh, so he I'm might sure, not I'm even sure be had, in the country. I'm sure he's had enough time off, dude. He's, he'll go to work. He'll <laughs> yeah. Take a, he'll take his um, um, honeymoon at a later date. He's been off for 90 days, so. It could yeah. be a good interference thing, like, hey, we're in uh, Tulum. <laughs> or like fucking Cancun right now, Mexico. I'm not even in the country, but then he comes in, bask in his glory. Which, if he does, we'll have to um, we'll have to reset the rules for this bet that me and Charlie <laughs> have about the Bears winning the NFC North and Keith Lee oh, uh, with a title. Com- but we don't have to get he's to coming. that. He's coming. And he's now got a better shot than he ever did. He's coming. He's coming. Once we see him on TV, we got to iron out those wrinkles again because we'll, we'll get to it. And the, we'll uh, save that for another episode. That was, but, a, w- yeah, that was a WWE bet. Start a fresh know, one. But, Start a fresh one. Yeah. But yeah, we'll cover yeah, that well, next week. Yeah, I don't want to get too into the, uh, you know, all the Weeds. details. And I mean, we've we've gone on long enough about some stuff. We've got to keep it moving here. But does anybody got any, you know, strong feelings about who this new superstar is going to be signed with AEW? I mean, we've consciously made the decision to try and not make predictions because we've been wrong so many times now because AEW just keeps changing the game on us. Um, but, but I some, do feel... But someone's pretty, coming, though. Yeah, for sure. And and I do feel pretty strongly about Jeff Hardy, personally, just because... Same here. I, yeah, I was it, Keith Lee. I kind of went that way, too. Yeah, and if for no other reason than every reason you just listed, Mike, as far as... Yep. The HFO, the ladder match, like all the pieces line up. Um, Matt Hardy has really been just kind of sitting on the sidelines doing his thing and not even in a really compelling role. I think Jeff mm-hmm. Hardy is really what's missing to make him relevant again. People mm-hmm. want to see the Hardy boys. Like, I mean, Matt, yeah, physically I think is pretty thrashed at this point, but I think they're in a Jeff position. Jeff can still go. Yeah. They Jeff got could one carry more run that. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jeff could totally carry it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love it. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's the, the odds on favorite. And I think for all the reasons you mentioned, plus, yeah, like Matt Hardy just seems like he's been in a long state of pause. And they brought in Andrade now with the uh, CFO. So I feel like that's the natural transition. Andrade was kind of questioning him last week, like in kind of like how he, you know, his, like they were not, not bickering, but kind of disagreeing on like, like tactics in the, in the match. So, um, it just seems like it's set up that way that he'll just like, this will be the big moment where Jeff Hardy will come take on somebody in the CFO. Matt will probably wind up, you know, breaking from them and like the team will reunite or something like that. It just, it seems tailor-made for that. And uh, I don't know, Andrade entertains the shit out of me with some of these promos he's doing lately. So maybe that'll freshen some, bring some fresh blood to that, that team. But no, I think it seems like it's, it's going to be Jeff Hardy, unless it's a complete swerve and somebody we haven't talked about, like the ever mentioned uh, Gargano or somebody else, but Hardy Uh, ladder match CFO. Uh Oh, go ahead. Hold up. I just looking. He's not, he's not free till March 9th. Hardy? Who? Yeah. Jeff Mark Hardy's not free till 
March 9th. And that applies like when they granted his release and all that. That's still fair game. 90 days. Yeah, I'm just looking oh, it up bummer. right now. It says he's not free till March 9th. So you know who else is on, free? Jump back on the Keith Lee. Oh, Karen Cross. Karen Cross is now free as of this weekend. Yep, because he wrestled him and Scarlett wrestled this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we're all over the place now, but I guess just to yeah, throw more names out there to further muddy the waters. Gargano's out there. Karrion Cross yep. is out there. I, I'm not saying I want this, but Bray Wyatt is out there. Um, mm-hmm. There's some, yeah, there's like options out there. And I'm personally cool with any of those options. I think any of them would be pretty exciting. I think if they stay away from the corny supernatural and have it like like a, a Malachi Black, like just where they're just a creepy dude, I think Bray Wyatt could be salvaged. But if they let him kind of do his like over the top shit, I don't think AEW that fits. Yeah, I agree. The thing that's really fucking me up on this whole thing is that the match that this wrestler is going to be wrestling is a ladder match against a highly athletic mid-card. No, guy. it's not. Here's here's the deal. It's it's not What's a ladder that? match. Oh. It's, that's, it's not a ladder match. It's a qualifying to go to a ladder match. Oh. This, this match, that's yeah, a big difference. They cleared yeah. that up today. There was another guy talking about that today. That it's, oh, I it's didn't not a that. ladder match. It's to get to a ladder match to qualify. Oh, so they're just going to... So they're going to announce him? Well, they're going to have a match. There's there's a match, but it's The winner will go to that ladder match. Yeah, the winner will go to that ladder match. Yeah. So again, to your point. We don't know who this new wrestler that they're announcing who the opponent is going to be yet. It's going to be Isaiah. It is Isaiah Cassidy. So to your point about the athleticism. Yeah. To get to a ladder match. Okay. So Isaiah Cassidy right. ever against a mystery opponent, the winner of that match will go to the ladder match at the pay-per-view. Yep. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I guess I didn't yeah, realize that. That's a good distinction. Yeah, and that does, got, that does influence today, it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, boy, I, I still, boy, it seemed tailor made for Jeff Hardy. Unless there's something we're not realizing, I guess it can't be him. Yeah. That 90 yeah. day is pretty hard. It's a hard, cause he got, he left, he said he left December 9th. And so that 90 days isn't over till March 9th. So that's a and, hard. You know, you Tony Khan was making references to Forbidden Door, which, what that, you know, I, yeah, I know. That term so. is being used so damn much lately. But that makes you think it's something kind of like, hmm, like somebody that's be, existing. Another one could be Juice Robinson, too, because I don't think last I saw that he was, that his, uh, New, he hasn't signed back with New Japan either. So it could be Juice. There's so over. many options. Yeah. Or uh, what's that guy, Jay White? Yeah, Jay, Jay White was mentioned today, too. I mean, yep. it, you know, if you're talking forbidden Jay door, White. quote unquote, it could be like a Nick Aldis. There's so many options, really. Jay, yeah, I think Nick's signed, but Jay White is raw. If they get him, dude, it's it's on. He could try to save the, bring the Bullet Club up over there, man. It could be, it could need <laughs> to be saved. We went in here thinking it was an obvious, like we were all in agreement on who it would be. And then now, now it's yeah, open, I looked it which, up. Yeah. which is beautiful. Like we don't know. Soon. Yeah. I'm gonna. I bet it's Keith Lee, probably. Or Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, yeah. People already said they. A lot of the backstage uh, talent said that they think it's Keith Lee as well as what the rumblings are. Like they already signed him and. Stuff, I, wonder so. if I wonder if they'll bring in Mia Yim too. I mean, not that they have to bring in married couples, but she's a, another very good hand, like that could up that oh, yeah. roster. Yeah. Should definitely be add to the depth of the women's division for yep. sure. Um, yeah, or I guess or, we'll just have to wait and see. Or, I, I hope it's no way, Jose. Oh, ah. great. 
I was hoping for maybe Space Monkey, Mondalucha's favorite wrestler. <laughs> Space yeah. Monkey, wow, there's like a rep Monkey. I, like I love it. I was just trying to think of every like high flying obscure person that would like go uh well in this ladder match against Isaiah. I was like, um, like Sincara. <laughs> here's 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 the here's the verbiage. New signing debuts. Tony Khan has now said a new free agent will come to AEW and signs a new contract with the company. The new signing, this new signing will face Isaiah Cassie in the qualifier for face of the revolution ladder match. So this uh, is a qualifying match for it. So, you know, okay. uh, one name we haven't mentioned. So the mentioned, graphic is deceiving. One yeah, so, name we haven't mentioned, Matt? Uh, well, one name we haven't mentioned is John Morrison. Oh, good call, bro. And, yeah, and I mean, granted, nobody's really talking about him. Good worker, but right. There's yeah, better. I love if, him. If I if I owned a company and all these guys were coming up, I would get, I would Morris would be on the list, but he would be like in the bottom ten. I got I would well, want he Gargano because he's old. Yeah, that he's older. True. Gargano, Karrion Cross, Keith you know, Lee. Keith Lee, all these they're, guys. They're in their thirties. Jeff, 30s, Jeff yeah. Hardy, you know. And from what I, I mean, heard they are last signing week, a lot of. They've signed a lot of old people though already. Staying, uh, true. Fucking, yep. you know, Danielson. I mean, yep. Moxley was pretty old, kind of. Well, put it this yep. way: regardless of what, I mean, that's a viable person they could bring out. That's a name. Yeah, I like it, Matt. Good one that yeah, we I, haven't thought of. William Regal. Oh, wait, he's wrestling I, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah their <laughs> payroll's getting pretty... I mean, not, he can afford it, but from what I hear is that Moxley and Punk are both making like five mil a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. this is the thing with AEW. Yeah. It's like, you know, they had, to, they had to fill the roster to start, and now they just keep adding, mm-hmm. adding, adding people. They're going to have to shed out some of those people they, they started. Are. They're, that, just, let, they're yeah. just letting them go. Like the Peter Avalons go. and stuff, or they're the uh, Ziggler Jr., like... like yeah, because yeah. now, yeah, you, you let you let the bottom part drop off because now you've yeah. really buoyed up the top. Yep. Yeah. For any of our hockey fans out there, AEW is kind of like the Vegas Golden Knights right now. The Golden Knights kind of did the same thing when they filled oh my God. their roster, and now they signed all these huge stars, huge tickets for these stars, and they're going to have to start shedding people. So, yeah, we don't need to go into all that because I don't want to bore you all, but it, it's like kind it. of equivalent. It's like you can't, you can't, I mean... I think isn't Tony Khan's dad like bankroll a lot of this too? I mean, oh, yeah. he basically has an allowance, but I mean, daddy's you know gonna put the kibosh. It's gonna cut him off. He's gonna start cutting the credit cards. I gotta say, at some point, right? I think they, they'll probably have a little bit of a leeway because they're doing so well and well beyond what people thought they would do. And then when the TV contracts come up, one would think they're going to be much more lucrative, but. At some point, they'll need to be okay. This is just the mass amassing talent, amassing. At some point, they're going to have to tighten those screws. To your point, and mm-hmm. and but mm-hmm. I think they're probably got a little bit of a grace period because they've done far better than TNT and TBS expected. Yeah, got it. Awesome. Well, good shit, boys. We will have to wait and see who comes out tomorrow. I can't wait. I'll actually get to watch it live with you this time because last week during uh, the MJF. CM Punk 
uh, match, I was working a hockey game, and I didn't open my phone. I opened my phone to 68 texts. <laughs> that, that's all? Going back that and was forth. too much, bro. I know. No, no, no. It was awesome. I silented the chat while I worked because last time I was working the penalty box, and I was looking at my watch for the text, <laughs> yeah. and I forgot to let a guy into the penalty box. Like, the guy was, like, banging <laughs> oh, on nice. the glass at me. And I was reading your wrestling updates before. It's like, get off so the I'm fucking like, fuck, phone. okay. Exactly. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to open the text. I'm going to watch the show in succession of these texts. And it was actually really, really fun. So, yeah. But I'm excited. I'm really excited to uh, see this yeah, upcoming it's gonna be a good uh, Dynamite. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's going to be real fun. And speaking of really fun, we got a really fun promo of the week this <laughs> week. Um, it's actually submitted by... One of our near and dear co-hosts, Charlie Michael, <laughs> uh, we had a lot of good uh, promos submitted this week, but he submitted this one this morning and had us all laughing. It's basically a bunch of wrestling promos, in and out of ring promos that take place over decades, but it's all stuff that is taken out of context where if you just take snippets of it, it would sound pretty... Um, homoerotic i was gonna say homoerotic but i um yeah sensual 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 sensual. (laughs) yeah it's pretty fun so yeah uh, i mean we can't it's kind of it works nice if you actually get to see uh like the wrestlers that are saying it but some of their voices are recognizable enough and i hope a lot of you wrestling fans can probably pick out when these were done too so without further ado let's get to this Promo of the week. I'm coming for you, boy. I'm coming hard. You come in my face, I'm gonna fight you. Well, you're not gonna bust a nut anytime we're in the ring. I'm gonna get off by cranking your knob just a little beyond the breaking point. When I get my hands on you, I'm gonna eat your ass like a pot of collard greens, baby. I'm gonna stretch his ass like it's never been stretched before. You can hide behind that commissioner's stuff just so long until I jerk a knot in your ass. And if you don't think I'm big enough, then you grab a hold of me, and you'll know that I'm growing, my man. Within your hands, I will get as big as I need to be, as big as I need to be to do the job on you. I want to jerk Hensley off. There's one part of our bodies that's soft, and it ain't soft all the time. If you catch my meaning, I'm gonna come on you like nobody's ever come on you before. Just you and I getting it all like two men should do. Oh, oh. Uh, that, that, that's interesting. That's just uh, whoever came up with that and spliced that all together. I Genius. tip my cap to you, my friend. You got a lot of time on your hands, and uh, yeah, and you might have to. Doing God's you work. got a good, you got a funny, <laughs> sick sense of humor, and I like it, and I'm here for it. It's but really for one you. of the greatest things we've seen recently. Yeah, uh, I love Charlie's comment about doing God's work. I speaking doing of doing God's, God's work, work I, I think uh, one of my favorite parts of this whole montage was uh, someone who was saved by God, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, and talking about oh my uh, God. how he's going to grow in your hand <laughs> like a snake. <laughs> He had to know. He had to be. Oh, self-aware. you know he. Unlike oh, Brandy, he was oh, self-aware. Yeah. Very. Oh, he knew what he was doing. He's one of the greatest promos of all time. Yeah, that's right. So good. Maybe we can put that um that clip up on our Facebook page. We should. So fans can Definitely. click on it and uh you know share it with their friends. That was fun. That got me going this morning. Started us all oh, off on the right got, foot here got, on Monday. It got me going. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's just like your knob up to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, it's almost like this makes me think of there's like there's like some sort of um ways to live or some sort of things that like like words to live by. You know what I'm talking about? Like um I think I got a feeling yeah, of what you, you're referring to. What are to, those? Steve. What are those? Well, it's something we like to say around here at Keep the Kayfabe that will keep you on the straight and narrow, and the keys to success are these. You gotta stay humble, you gotta stay hungry, and you gotta stay hard. Triple H! Really hard. Break it up to 11, brother. 